the Juve Coppa UEFA, the one that the boys put the video, the Coppa UEFA game, Napoli Juve. I could yeah, not yes, watch yes. the game because the ticket you could not find that they were selling for two, three hundred thousand lire. So I know the price. Yeah, lira, 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 yeah. Two million, two million. No, I went, no, no. I went to Cardiff to see you at Real Madrid. You know how much I pay boys for the ticket? How much? Yes. Yes. Two hundred euro? No, probably six, seven hundred euro. Oh Jesus, that much! My brother went to that. Eight hundred and fifty euro. Mika, so, so about about thirteen about thirteen hundred AUD. That's ridiculous. Yes. Because if Mika, I lost, my brother Mika, paid about twelve hundred, wasn't it? I was like watching. You know what? You know how much pay for the World Cup final, Italy friends? Uh, how much I paid? Zero. Zero. I paid a thousand euro for that ticket, man. Yeah, thousand yeah. euro. Uh, for what? World Cup final. I, I went to Italy friends. So I was there in Berlin. I paid zero. Was the given. No, Listen, then we start, well, we start the show, but there is, a, there is a study, guys. I don't know which channel I was watching, so I cannot tell you who. But there is a study that people don't see it, but there's a huge trend in football in general. They don't talk about Serie A. There is a drop in people attending the stadium. They were thinking it was because the stadium was too old, blah, blah. But now there's been a huge drop on people making membership for TV. They've been studying this trend and they think that people start thinking about that the club because ah, the player are professional, they don't care about the shirts. Ah, the president needs to make money, doesn't care about the passion. It looks like that most of the fans, even the overseas one, the one they watch TV, are starting about it's just a show, it's just a business. So if I got time, I allocate my time to it. Otherwise, I got better things to do it. And this show. This trend, this study show that if the trend keep going this way, in 10, 15, maximum 20 years time, football will not be a for global sports anymore. We'll be like cricket, we'll be like uh, tennis, we'll be just a sports, the Euro Cup, if there is a good event, then that's it. This is scary because fans are going to have enough now, Rika, you know. And not just it, uh, enough of DVR, enough of the, this, enough too many things, changing the rule every year. You know what happened. You know what happened in Italy with Dazon because I don't think you, you in Australia watching uh, for you doesn't matter who's broadcasting. But you know the, oh, really? the rights went. Yeah, yeah, I know about Dazon because I have yeah. that. Dazon, Dazon is crap. Mm. Man. It's crap. Right? I hate and it. Now and now even the government is coming in. There was you know when you you post on the group there was uh, you Alessandria. You, you yeah, know yeah. about what happened? Yeah. The the Dazon bought the rights for the friend game. Okay. Eh? The time of the start, they put forum on. You know forum? You remember forum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, you know they my mom forum. and my... Hey, my mom my and my mother-in-law. My forum is Mediaset. Nothing to no, do with forum, the zone. Does it, does it still exist? I think I think, it I think it doesn't. Exist, my mom and my mother-in-law were on forum. When I left for Australia, they made up the scene that I took off uh, with my wife. I steal my wife and I took it to Australia. You should see that episode, man. They could buy two million lira each to make up the story. <laughs> yeah, the story was a make-up. Okay, I, I tell you, Sandy, you're talk, talking about the supporters. If I go to the Juventus store or, you know, uh, Anthony goes to the Inter store or Anthony Milanista goes Milan, to the Milan store, Milan store you, yeah. you go to your own store, maybe Napoli, no. How much you buy for a gadget? I went to the Roma store and I bought a hundred, when I was in Rome. And, I think it's between 70 to 150 euros. Depends from no, no, the I bought, a, I bought a normal shirt. You know, just uh, because I like the Roma logo and stuff. You know, I mean, ah, yeah, city yeah. I, go, I collect, uh, you know, the team. Yeah. And I pay for a, a T-shirt, Adam, a T-shirt. I, I pay uh, 35 euros. A yeah. T-shirt, not a jersey. Wow. If I go to the Juventus store and I buy a polo, or a, not a jersey, a shirt, it's 35, 40 euros at least. So that's yeah. the price. I went to Paris. I went to the Paris Saint German shop. I buy the Paris yeah. jersey just with the logo. You know how much I pay? How much? 18 euro. 18. 18. 18. Yes, yeah, right. Italy. It's, everybody in Italy wants to make money on the Tifosi. That's, Man, that's, mm, yeah, that's it's not good. It's not good. And then they want, then they want the one we bought in the Chinese shirts. Yeah, exactly. I bought a hat and a jersey. I paid 40 euro. Yeah. I had to like, just because every big city I go, I like to collect. The team is a thing I do for since I'm young, but man, for me, 40 euro. I watch, I said to the guys, Are you right? 
Is that yeah. the right price? Yeah, he said, we, 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 we. I say, okay, merci, merci. Yeah, fuck, I left. I left oh, three. Did you tell him? I left three. Yeah, well, that's like Adam was just saying. Then people buy it. People make Chinese jerseys. Why would you pay 160, 180 Australian when people are buying them for 30 bucks, 35 bucks? Exactly. On the Roma website, they sell, like every other website, they sell the, the, the stadium version and the player authentic version, right? Mm. But the last two seasons I've bought off DHgate, I've bought the player version Roma shirt and I've compared it to. Uh, another guy that I know that bought it off the Roma store, and I swear you cannot pick a difference. No, you can't. Yeah. I got the one last I bought, year, a, I bought Adam, off yeah. So you're going yeah, straight Adam, to the source, basically. You're going straight yeah. to the source. I'm talking about T-shirts. I'm talking about a, a T-shirt. Yeah, even T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's start it, guys. Let's start it, eh? Otherwise, Hendon is going to take this too, eh? Why are you wearing a Lazio top armor? Tony, Tony, Tony Lazio asked me to represent Lazio. Hey, what happened to him? Oh, that's a Puma King Maradona collection. Oh, I got the t shirt. Tony Lazio still alive. He messaged me all the time. He left the group because he cracked the shit with Anthony and the Juventini. Well, Anthony Seminar, you guys all of you know Anthony Seminara. He's not the kind of guy that you're going to crack the shit. He's a nice guy. Hmm. Oh, man, there's a couple of people on the group, man. Sorry, man. man I just I, 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 love, I love I love that guy, the Americano. What's his name? Roberto. He tried to Rob get into me. He tried to get into me, Rica. He I think to too, I think the group is too commercial, man. I agree. It's getting that way. It's getting that way. This is fun. um this is the order that we're gonna go in. So I'll go first. I'll be quick. So each of us go for about five, seven minutes, fit in whatever you want in that time. Um Adam second. I changed a couple of the images because they weren't HD, but you can barely find HD quality. Um, Ricardo third, there's your images, brother, um, in that order. And this is your images, Anthony, and that's the end of it. And then we go to, I'll go to a different tab for Armando because Armando sent me a nice, um, a whole fucking, what's it called? Photo album. <laughs> Ricardo, thank you for putting Maradona in this slide shot. No, well, man, that's more my first game I saw live mm. in my life. That's oh, crazy. Really? Yeah. We were at the same game, Rika. That's cool. Yeah. I was 14 and a half years old. My first game. I went you to watch a, you, were, you were with the UA supporter between the Curva and the I was, with, I was with Napoli people, man. I had a Napoli friend. Let's see. Nice. Let's Very save nice. it for the show. Let's save it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Three, two, and one. Ciao ragazzi, my name is Anthony. Thank you very much for tuning into Football Worldwide. International break, break from Serie A, but not a break here at the Serie A roundtable. I'm joined by some good friends going around to say our buongiorno, our buonaseras, wherever you are in the world. Ricardo, how are you, my friend? Buongiorno ragazzi, buonasera, boys. Uh, I'm from uh, Sicily, here, nice day. And uh, it's going to be a great show, boys. Beautiful. Anthony, how are you, bro? Thanks for coming back, man. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. I think you've got the order wrong again. You've got Tio Armel should be on the top, but Adam down here, and you down here, Anth. I think I should be second there. I don't know <laughs> what. <laughs> uh, maybe everyone's doing a different order, man, but I'm, I'm seeing Armando right next to me to the right. Armel, how you going, my friend? Good to see you again. Uh, of course, he's put himself on mute before he's even started talking. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I said I'm turning, I'm getting old. I said, guys, thank you very much for having me again. I didn't expect to be on the show this week because there was a national break, but we're not going to talk about national, so I'm allowed to be on the show. Like <laughs> Adam, good to have you, man. Really, really good to have you. Looking forward to what you're bringing to the show tonight, bro. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, when we uh, discussed what the show was going to be about tonight, I was getting uh, quite excited. I like, love a bit of nostalgia, especially when it's when it, uh, associated with Italian football. Yeah, who doesn't, man? So we're going to go around the table tonight, and the context of this show is very relaxed. It's very casual. It's a chat with friends to talk about our favourite Serie A moments and memories. The criteria is just strictly Serie A moments, um, uh, except, you know, I'm going to give Ricardo a minute to talk about a special moment um, in the World Cup. But other than that, we've all got something very, very special um, to talk about. Some of us a lot more unique than others, and I'm just really happy to be here with a bunch of people who can share some great memories and moments as Serie A fans. So hopefully, if the gentlemen don't mind, I'm going to get started being the youngest one on the table and feeling like my experiences don't exactly 
bring as much to the table, but um, I was born in 1992. I started following Serie A in 1997, 1998, but with the lack of technology and access to full Serie A matches and not having, you know, Ray, unless I was going to say no, 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 I was um, basically waiting until I started high school, uh, 2005-ish, when I could basically start streaming games with a really dodgy stream on my parents' desktop computer. And my earliest memories and good successes come from Inter winning the Scudetto here. The first Scudetto I ever celebrated was would have been 2006, 2007, the one where Juventus had already been back in Serie A because the previous one, I don't think many Inter fans with half a brain would have counted that, although, you know, you'd be surprised. But um, winning any of those Scudettos from a young age being to taste success for the first time was, it was very, very nice for me. Um, obviously, when Jose Mourinho came in at Inter, it got a little bit better. But I would also go as far to say that this season's success under Antonio Conte and the boys was very, very special for me because in a day and age where you're ridden with a lot of negativity, having a, another Scudetto after so long, after enjoying, you know, COVID and pandemic and everything that comes with it, it was a really, really nice icing on the cake for me as an Inter fan. Um, overall, looking forward to some new good experiences and thankful that my father, um, it was very interesting for me. My father's not exactly a full-blown football fanatic like we are, boys. He's a much bigger rugby league fan, much, much bigger, worships the sport. So when it was time for me to choose a team very, very young and I asked my dad who to go for, it was very simple. Um, he played Christian. Uh, he played indoor cricket with Christian Vieri as a kid and Christian Vieri had just started um, playing for Inter at the time when I asked him who it was time to support and the rest is history. So that's about it from me. And um, I'm really looking forward now to going across the table because everyone's going to be able to bring their own stories and everyone's going to be able to bring their own favorite moments. So I'm going to go over to Adam next for the nation's capital. First of all, Adam, man, can you start by telling everybody how you became a Romanista? You probably alluded to it in our, in our first time that we spoke to you, but I'll start with that again and then go for it, bro. Yeah, for sure. And just before we uh, we uh, move to, to Roma, I've I just got a, a question for you. That's a question I've, I'm always interested in when we speak to the supporters, um, you know, about their clubs. A favorite coach, favorite player. Uh, you know, who's been your Who's been the Inter idol for you over all these years? I loved um, Zanetti like anybody would, but you go through three phases. I think in different periods of time in terms of really appreciating players for who they are and for what they bring to the club. Um, but for me, it, it's always going to be Zanetti, although I will say this on camera in front of everybody. When Zlatan Ibrahimovic was at his peak at Inter, just like when he's at his peak at any club, he's, he's a player that when he's on your team in form, it's ridiculous, man. You can't take your eyes off him. And I'm not going to sit pretend like me at 14 and 15 years old wasn't looking at this player going, I think we've got the best player on the planet in our side um, individually. And, you know, even though he probably was only a top three player at the time, I don't think I've ever had a certain love for a player at that moment besides Zanetti that I did for Ibrahimovic. And I always put my hand up and say it because the career that followed him at Inter, it doesn't exactly boast well for me saying that player. But um, besides him, Diego Melito would have to be would have to be the other one, man. Yeah, fair enough. I thought you'd uh, throw in a couple of favourites from the from the tri treble year. <laughs> you know, you mean besides Zanetti and Diego Melito? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Schneider, Schneider was all right. I think um, I think his contract situation and the way it all went sour when we started to go south, south sort of put a bad taste in the mouth at the end, man. But I think um, he was definitely a better shout for Ballon d'Or than most of the people in that season. But it was bizarre in its own that Milito didn't make the 22-man shortlist. And I remember Sir Alex Ferguson on the night of the presentation was asked by the media, um, you know, Sir Alex, who do you think is going to win this game, uh, win, win this award? And he just said straight up without even answering the question, I can't believe Diego Melito wasn't even in the 22-man shortlist. What's that all about? The guy scored how many goals and basically won the Champions League. And then he didn't even answer the question. Like, typical strategy, just walked off, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The reason why I brought Schneider up was because Jorginho was going through that same uh, – it's sort of that same predicament at the moment where he's having to justify, you know, his, uh, his status in world football, which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, exactly. uh, we can go, yeah, we go on about that all night. Yeah. Go I on, man. Let's talk about it. Roma. I think Roma, Messi Roma. will win the Ballon d'Or. Who? Messi. Probably. Not that He's I think we can digress once we're off air. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, pull at the heartstrings, uh, Anthony. You know, family derives from Rome, uh, especially my mother's side. Um, you know, all my relatives who are still over there are Romanisti, so it was uh, it was pretty much an easy choice. Um, uh, cemented uh, for me when I travelled over there, um, you know, in my late teens, 
um, and met people who have you know, been diehard Romanisti all their lives. Um, and then since then, it's been a long uh, life of suffering as a, as a football fan. But, you know, well, I wouldn't want it any other way because it just makes the, uh, the victories um, all that more special. So uh, this man on screen um, would typify that uh, for me in, in bucket, bucket loads. See, he, um, you know, we talk about Totti and we talk about De Rossi as these two um, idols uh, for, for Roma fans over so many years. But I think uh, De Rossi sort of um, exudes that Romanismo uh, a little bit more than than Totti ever did. Um, it felt like that when he was on the field, you were with him. Uh, he played. He was like a fan on the field. So, um, and the reason for this picture is it's it's the picture of uh, when he played his last game for Roma. This was the patch, the sleeve patch. Uh, this image, um, and I don't know. Some people might not know, but underneath the official uh, captain's armband, he had his own just piece of white tape, like Agostino Di Bartolomeo used to wear uh, in the eighties. And 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 the and the writing on the armband was. Um, uh, so you're my bride, um, and something about uh, um, so you're, you're, you're my only love, and amor obviously spelled backwards is, is Roma, so it had that sort of double meaning. So he wore that, um, ever, since he took over the captaincy from, from Totti officially, and that image there was after a, a derby that we won, and that was the image that he carried on his sleeve in his last game. So, um, you know, I guess universally, he's probably loved for that grinta. Uh, that real, you know, spirited player on the field, and um, you know, every you know, supporters from other clubs would say the same thing about him. But definitely, when he was on the field, uh, he was the player. He was the player. He was you. He was you on the field. So, uh, if we, and then look on the flip side of that, Totti's Totti. I mean, um, I guess as a supporter, you look at him more godlike. Like, you know, it's something that you would never. He, he played at a level that you'd never dream to achieve, um, and that was a little bit different from Dorothy. Um, De Rossi wasn't gifted with the same attributes that Totti was, and you know, he just you know, we've all seen him, he did things on the field that you just scratch your head and think, Oh my god, how do you do that? So, um, started, uh, made his debut in 1993 at the age of 16 and became captain, um, just after Giannini, um, Giuseppe Giannini Principe retired, and then obviously won the elusive school. That's a photo from the 1998 99 season, that one. Uh, just before uh, that's the first season of Capello, um, and that's the season before uh, we won the Scudetto. So, 2000 2001, obviously the pinnacle for him and uh, for all Romanisti. Um, it was our last Scudetto, and you know, you watch footage of that back now, and um, you really can really because we haven't won one since, you really have to appreciate how special it was. Um, and you, you think about you know, uh, the parties that that happened, you know, that ensured after that game, uh, they went on for months. Um, we won the Scudetto on the 17th of June, and there was a party in Circo Massimo, the official party in August. So, between June and August, it was just constant partying. Um, so it's uh, you know, I'd love to be able to live, live that, uh, those emotions again. Um, hopefully, when it does happen again, I'll, I'll be able to travel over there for those last few rounds and, and experience it firsthand. But you know, I'm sure it will happen one day, and when it does happen, it'll be great. But um, you really have to appreciate how special that team was under Capello um, at a time when uh, the other, you know, the, the, the heavyweights of uh, Milan, Inter, Juve um, were at their peak as well. Um, so, uh, and Lazio, sorry. Of course, can't forget Lazio, who won the Scudetto the year before. Um, but a really special season, um, coached by, uh, you know, Capello speaks for himself. Um, he did the same thing at Milan and Juve. So, but yeah, uh, looking back on that footy, you know, you just, I still get a, a tingle up the spine whenever you know I see um, I see uh, those images. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for sharing, Ricardo. We're going over to you next, bro, for your um, your favourite moments as a football fan, as a Juventus fan. But we're going to start with something a little bit special, bro. You have not changed a bit. Can you take me a little bit, take us a little bit through this image here and why it's special to you? Uh, it's special because uh, you know, you know the. Probably one of the best experiences of my life, um, be able to you know achieve uh, watching the final of the World Cup. You know, I did do a couple of mates watching, uh, 12 years old watching the World Cup uh, in the street. You know, I mean, five or five we cross mate, and we all dream to to be you know one day to watch Italy won the World Cup. And out of the five boys, uh, I was the only one achieve it. You know, what I mean, for me, it's important things because my father passed away in '95. Uh, he didn't achieve a lot of things. So for me, it's a really special moment because uh, it's a dream come true from a young boy to to a man. You know, I mean, it was uh, was amazing, man. Like, uh, no, no, no words 
to see Italy win the World Cup. And, you know, I was see, I, I saw two World Cup winning, I saw a couple of final loss, and I saw the European Cup winning this year. So that's a really special moment for me. I would become Juventus fans. Uh, my father was actually a Torino fan. So, uh, age of 76, about six years old, watching the soccer. And, you know, I like to go against my father. Uh, and he always beat me at that time because Juventus Torino was really close. That's also showing my age. I'm 1970, so I'm 51 years old. <laughs> Anthony, comparing with you, man, like you born yesterday. <laughs> so I saw a lot. Of, I saw a lot of win, a lot of lost, um, and yeah, yeah, this is my actually. Uh, this is 90. I think it's 94, 94 or 95. It's my first game live. It's a uh, Napoli Juve uh, under Trapattoni, and I went to see Platini playing. So 85, and, uh, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, 85, Armando you know this, tend to cook the second meal. I want to go to the stadium. I didn't fucking care to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't care. And I went, I went to the stadium and uh, it was amazing. The first time, you know, a little kid, 14, 14 and a half, going in. And um, I got to see, for me, from that moment, was yes, about to see my team. I was also about to see the player. Because, you know, I see Gentile, Shirea, Tardelli, Platini, Boniek. Also saw Maradona, man, and the show Maradona does, and Amanda can say that when he comes and how to build up the stadium, it's something that um, I never saw any players do in my life. And we actually lost my first game. Uh, Juventus life was a loss. Then one of my best moments um, after that was uh, when we come back after nine years of a drought and uh, we won under Lippi the first year with Baggio and Viali yeah, and this photo here, Ravanelli was the build up to Del Piero was at the at the beginning. And I was really lucky to see, you know, a career, a career like Del Piero did with Juventus. And the day after, we won the Champions League. One of the worst moments was um, uh, when uh, Lazio beat us um, in 2000 for the, um, for the Scudetto in the famous Perugia game. Was a more raining. game. It's raining in Perugia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. And then, and then, the 15 years after, you you find out that Colin is a Latte supporter. Well, <laughs> how we all feel about that? And uh, it's a bit was, rich uh, coming from your supporter. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, well, Anthony, sorry, man. <laughs> Colina was the referee of Perugia Lazio, uh, Perugia Juventus, mm, and really. Colina is a supporter of Lazio. 15 years after, how you how you feel about that? Come on, man. Well, yeah, no, anyway. no, but I'm saying, how about uh, the Juve referees there? We won't go into that, but um, sometimes we copy too. And then, of course, the the five the five of May, five of May is one of the lights. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the image, the image got and lost think, in, in the slideshow. And think <laughs> the end of it didn't born yet. Like, no, 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 me in for fifth of March 2002. No, 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 no. I was born. I remember that day clearly because well, how I used to get the results, I used to just call my dad um, in the morning before school on a Monday or Tuesday. He'll be at work at like whatever time it was. I'd call him six o'clock. Dad, did Inter win? Yes or no? No. Shit. Hang up the phone and then just go to school at a young age. He was telling me, he was actually telling me, and he's not a diehard Inter fan. He was telling me Inter's coming first, but just don't, don't celebrate. Don't do ever do anything. My dad conditioned me from a young age. Told me Inter was first on the last day at school yeah, all day. I I'm twiddling mean, my thumbs wrong, like, this is exciting. Something's happening. Something's happening to me. Something big's happening. I get in the car. He comes to pick me up. I look at him. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, nah, man. No, no way. No, really bad. Was really the, bad. Was the Juve Roma. Was the Juve Roma and, and, uh, and Inter. It's, yeah. Was, was amazing. I was actually, I actually was in Australia. And after that, you know, I watched final uh, Champions Leagues and uh, lost and stuff. But i got to say, for me, it's a, it's a Juventus supporter. You all know it. But I'm really, you know, fair kind of support. For me, it's about the players also, you know what I mean? I saw him, okay. I can say I saw him alive, Maradona, Platini, uh, Totti, Del Piero, sure. Baggio, Vialli, Zoff, uh, yeah. you know, Buffon, Cannavaro, you know. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Yes. I, I didn't know this until you, the photo popped up of um, of the Olympia Stadion in Berlin. 
But I reckon I'll send you a photo from where I was sitting that night. I reckon I was probably ten rows behind you there. Um, I, I want to know the story. I want to know the story. Uh, I paid a thousand euro for my ticket. Apparently, there's rumours that you paid zero for yours. Yes, Can you I tell did us pay zero. I, I, I tell you why. I, I tell you why. I was, um, you know, uh, I've been in Melbourne since '96. From uh, 2000, I was uh, a cafe cuisina, well-known restaurant in South Yara, and I became a part owner of the restaurant. My business partner, uh, Ada, is a Greek guy. He used to own uh, Atlas Food, you know, the chain Atlas Food. Yeah, yeah. So he, used, he yeah. used to get tickets from uh, Adidas. So he went to see uh, Full World Cup. He's, he also went to see the Greece, Greece win uh, the European Championship. So we had a bet. We had a bet. If Italy reached the semi-final, he would get me a ticket to go to the semi-final and to the final. We had this bet because he had a... Adidas give him Adidas and Nike give him a full full yeah. ride. Yeah. So I was supposed to leave uh with him uh no without him to go to, to Venice for the San Pellegrino show. You know, Armando, you know this the San Pellegrino show they do in Venice if you stock the San Pellegrino water. And I had the ticket for Germany, Italy. But two days before I left, my chef uh, turned uh, my head chef uh, off. Hope if I can listen to this program, he turned, <laughs> he turned, he turned against my my match D, so they had a big fight, oh, and well. uh, to me be a parona. So I had the fight. He wants to fight the match D. Wants to walk out, and to be a responsible parona, I decide to not go. So I say fuck. I give my ticket away. So the Germany Italy ticket wasn't unused, and you know oh, what well. a game was that. Then, then we game. reached the final, and I was so pumped after we beat Germany. I called my partner in, uh, in um, he was in, in uh, Dortmund, and I said, you still got the ticket? And he said, yes, fuck, I'm getting the plane and I'm coming. So I, let, I, I dropped a business class plane and I paid for my pocket to go watch the final. And uh, I got the ticket for free. And the day of the really final, awesome. I, I, I meet the Lauren Blanc outside the hotel oh. where the boys were staying. Great so player. Great huh? player, Great one player, of the yeah. best center back we ever seen. I forgot to send. So yes, that's how that's how I got the ticket. Uh... Beautiful. I'll send you a photo from where I was sitting, and we can pay. I reckon I think there we're sitting, probably rows. sitting in the same, same yeah. place. Yeah. Ricardo, well, I just learned something Ricardo. too, Ricardo. That you worked at Cafe Cucina. That was one of the first places I took my uh, wife now for a first date. Yeah, I was there. there for, I, was, I was there. For and he back. Small world has <laughs> back. Hey, no, you know what, Adam? I don't know if you experienced this, but. What was strange was when the, we left the stadium, the German mm. police were searching us. No, not me. Yeah, they were searching me. They were looking for the cup. You remember all the flares? <laughs> no. You remember all the flares outside after the game? No, after the game, when you're walking from inside to outside, the German police were searching me. They were searching for the cup. Bloody Germans. Let's <laughs> <laughs> got the joke. <laughs> yeah, you get to get the joke. Yeah, so that's my experience. Is a, is a supporter, man. Beautiful. Nice, Rico. Thanks for telling us, bro. Lots of really good, me good memories there, man. Thank you so much. Anthony, over to you, my friend. Um, tell the people, how did you become a Milan fan? And off you go, bro. Plenty, plenty of good memories in the early 90s. Yeah, so um, thanks, Anthony. The reason I've become a, a Milan supporter is one of the first games I watched was that I can remember was Italia 90. And I saw Franco Baresi for the first time playing. It was a bit of a late starter. So um, just watching that bloke, I was hooked on him immediately and that's the the team he was playing for so i um followed milan ever since um so that's how i got into become a rossoneri but um i want to talk about our uh 91 to 93 period if i can um mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know this but before you know arsenal claimed the name of the invincibles in 0304 the real invincibles was the 91 to 93 milan team that went 58 games unbeaten um, uh, you know, at the end of, uh, I think, 1991 um, season, it was sort of the end of the Saki era, um, and we finished second to Sampdoria. Sampdoria won the Scudetto that year. And in the second last game of that year, we lost 2-1 away to Bardi. And then we drew the last game to Parma, 0-0. Um, and that 0-0 game at the, the last game of that season was the start of this run. Um, Saki's term was done and they brought in Fabio Capello. Now, that, that was a bit of a risk by Silvio Berlusconi, yeah, because he really didn't have uh, much experience as a coach. He'd only coached Milan for seven games in 87, just a small stint. So he took a gamble on him. Um, 
But when you look at the team that he took over, he had players like Baresi, Maldini, Donadoni, the three Dutchmen of Rijkaard, Hullet, Van Basten. Um, you know, it, it, these are in, incredible players that he had. Um, and Berlusconi got the decision right because during the period of 91 to 93, we went uh, 58 games unbeaten. Um, and remember, we're talking about a period where Serie A was the best in the world. You had players yeah. like um, Van Basten, Maradona, Matthias Baggio, Ola Giannini for um, for um, Adam there loves you know the Principe, but they, these were the sort of plays that were, were running around in that league. Um, so in ninety one ninety two we were a goal scoring machine, um, but also defensively you, you could hardly break us down. Some of our wins we were five nil to Napoli at home, five one at home to Sampdoria, four one at home to Roma, Ascoli and Cagliari were destroying a lot of teams. Um, also, Anthony, there was one game, um, I'm not sure, and you, were, you weren't born, so you wouldn't remember, but um, in the 89th minute, Armel's mate, Masato, popped a nice header in against uh, Inter and won one nil and, you know, ran over and started smashing the um, glass little petition there and all the supporters, you know, they were just great memories. But, um, you know, we finished that, that um, season on 56 points. Um, and remember, it was only two points for a win back then, not three, so... Um, Juve came second, but we scored 74 goals and conceded 21 that year. So nice. we dominated everyone. Um, Van Basten, top goal scorer, 25 goals. And again, Amos mate, second, Masato. We, we've done only nine, so we were heavily relying on Van Basten back in those days. And we ended that year with another 8-2 eight, eight, win to uh, Foggia away. So that was 34 games unbeaten that year. You move into 92-93. And we continued the runs. And we signed some good plays that year too. Lentini came from Torino. At the time, he was the most expensive player in the world. Um, Jean-Pierre Papin, the flying Frenchman from uh, Marseille, come across. Cevicevic from Red Star Belgrade. Zvonimir Boban, Stefano Aranio. They're just to name a few. So they were just piling in the stars at that at that time. Um, we started with a one-year win at Foggia. And then round two, if you believe it or not, the run was at risk, the unbeaten run, because we um, we were 4-2 uh, down to Pescara in the second half and Van Basten scored a hat-trick and we won 5-4. So, <laughs> you know, the, the team just kept finding a way to win. Again, goal-scoring machine. You look at some of the results, 7-3 away to Fiorentina, 5-3 at home to Lazio, 5-1 to Napoli, 4-0 to Sampdoria. Um, you, you know, so much joy in watching this team. Um, in round 10, we played Inter again, and Lentini scored a goal, uh, Anthem. We were 1-0 up. Then, remember, um, uh, Diagostini used to play for Juve, went to Inter. He, he yeah, took this long-range... Yeah. yeah, you remember him? Yeah, he took this long-range shot, and Antonioli was in goals for us. And the reason I'm saying this is because Antonioli stuffed up and he fumbled the ball and it ended 1-1, and he got dropped straight away. So they brought in Sebastiano Rossi um, the next game. And, and this is where this started his career because in round 11, um, we were away to Juve. I'm not sure if Ricardo remembers. And we were excited in Australia because SBS broadcast this game and we didn't get many games back then. Um, and it was nil-nil and Juve got a penalty and Viali stepped up and, and Rossi saved it, mm. right? Again, the, 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 um, the run was at risk. And then Marco Simone goes to the other side, scores 1-0, and we win 1-0 away, and off we went, yes. Yeah? So, um, and Rossi, after that, he had a knack of saving penalties that year. He, he saved, I think, maybe four or five, I can't remember, penalties. Um, and we had some scares in that year, 2-2 away with Foggia, Lazio away, 2-2. We're down 10 minutes, uh, Roma, Adam, and um, we still managed to win with a Hullet goal. So um, mm. the team just found a way to win. Now, if you remember at the start of this, this is what I've been talking about. I said the, the run started at, as a nil-nil draw uh, uh, at home, uh, away to Parma. Um, so the, the, the actual run ended as well, the 58th game. I remember listening on the radio and um, it was on the 21st of March, 91. We lost 1-0 at attenzione, home. Attenzione, attenzione. Attenzione. <laughs> and we had to listen on the scusa radio. Mary, remember. Scusa, Mary. <laughs> Sandro Ciotti. Sandro um, Ciotti. <laughs> And I remember listening and hearing, oh, you know, Goldie Faustino Aspria, I scored this amazing free kick, we're one nil down, um, and we couldn't, um, we couldn't come back. And the, end, the, the run ended at fifty-eight games. Um, I remember being shattered. I'd probably be lying if I said I didn't actually shed a tear because we didn't, we didn't lose back then, fifty-eight games. You know, one and a half seasons. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, 
And we only actually won one more game that year. Uh, so we sort of stumbled to the Scudetto. We won away town corner, I think it was. Um, but we lost and drew all the other games. So we finished on, I think, uh, 50 points or something like that. Scored about 65 goals. And, and I think we conceded 30-something. So um, Inter came second that year, Anth, another second for Inter. So um, <laughs> Van Basten and Papan equal goal scorers, top goal scorers. You know, look at the names. But that's when Van Basten's ankle injury started. So he started to sort of fade out, unfortunately. And that was the that was the run, 58 games. I think it's still a record in Europe. I think only Bayern might be second and Juve had a run, but they just missed out on, on beating our record a couple of years ago. Um, but then 93-94 completed a three-year Scudetto run. It was a completely different Milan, though. Very defensive. Um, we bought some signings. Marseille Desailly, uh, sorry, Marcel Desailly, Brian Laldrup, Florian Graduccio, Kristen Panucci. That was some of the players we brought in. And Hula went to Sampdoria. And I'll never forget he scored the winner in a 3-2 win and celebrated like crazy. He got us off with him for doing it. And then he came back and scored a few more goals. Um, Zvonimir Borban excelled that year, but we were very defensive. Um, we didn't score many goals. I think we only scored 30-something goals that year, um, but only conceded 13 or 15. So you couldn't score against us. But to win the league on scoring about 36 goals or 35, whatever it was, showed how defensively strong we were. Um, Masado was our top scorer, Amo, that year, but only with 11 goals. Um, but you know, another um, legend of Milan. Sorry to stop you there. Before top scorer was between 11 to 16, I think you hardly see a striker scoring 20 goals. Remember, yeah, yeah. how many you're penalties not... were given back then? But uh, no, not no, many. No, no, I was 15, 16, you're top scorer, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and to top be honest, but in saying like, that, Amo. Sorry, no, Also, many teams who are very good defensively. You know, Italy yeah. was really good before you score against an Italian side. You know, and listen, I don't want to jump into the Milan story, but because you mentioned Massaro a few times, it's funny Massaro stories. Massaro was AC Milan. I'll be yep. quickly, Anthony. And no, when, Sakigoro, when Saki signed up with Milan, he called Massaro and told him he was not in the plan. And Massaro said to me, I could have two, two choices walk away or fight for my position. And he goes, I decide. Apparently, Saki rang Massaro when he signed the agreement with Milan. The season was still on. So Massaro finished the season and then he goes to the pre-season camp. And Saki, as soon as he <laughs> reminded him of the phone call that a few months before, said, Listen, you're not in my plan. And he goes, No, you know what, Tarma? I decide to bite my tongue and stay in. And that was an injury of a striker. And he goes, Armando, I got that chance. And when they put me in, and I don't know if it was the derby because I don't follow Milan too much. He start to score. He start to score. But he yeah. start scoring. He goes to me, Arma. Every time I was sitting on the bench for Gurlit, Van Basten, those yeah. boys, I knew that when it was my time to go in, yeah. I had to give 110%. And why yeah. I'm saying this? Because today you see so many players, eh, I want to play. You don't play me a league club. No, man. <laughs> it's not the way. You're going to make yeah. your way up. Sorry. No, nah, you're right. You're right, Anth, because um, uh, I'm all sorry. And, and he came to Australia last year or two, two years ago. We were at the same dinner with him. Um, two years ago, yeah, we had a dinner with him. And he said um, at that meeting, he said, you're right. He, when he came off the bench, he just had to get a goal because it's the only way I was going to try and get into the team. But he said to us there, he was, he was training every day against Baresi, Maldini, Costa Corta, Tosotti. Every yeah. day, the best defence in the world. How could he not improve, he said. Yeah. And he's watching Van Basten next to him do all these you know, amazing things of training. And he just said he, he became the player because of who he trained with, yeah? Those players... He's, day got, in, day he's, got, he's got two goals in the... Champions League oh, final. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to finish with that. Yeah, the Champions League final against yeah, that's, Barcelona. That's, that's right. Uh, that, was that's, his, that, was the, that, that was the crowning point of this team, Ricardo. So we won the league. That's a legend that, the other way. That's right. You know, mm. and... and so on two sides, you had um, you had Rossi on the other side. He's got that year had the record for not conceding a goal, nine hundred and twenty nine minutes. Sebastiano yeah, Rossi did not. <laughs> I beat, of course. He had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the time, he had the record. But he had Baresi, Maldini, Costa Corta, Panucci, Tassotti in front of him. Right? Um, it was Foggia who ended that record too. Igor Kolivanov. I'll never forget that goal. But anyway, you're right. The the era ended with the four 0 Champions League win against Barcelona. Yeah. Um, in that game, nice. we didn't have Baresi or Costa Corta in that game. Um, so we had to shift the team. Masaro scored one. Savicevic scored uh, an amazing goal from the halfway line, nearly all, you know, the side of the, the ground over the keeper. 
and um, Massa Disley scored again another goal. So yeah. you know what? Go sorry, for, sorry if I jump in. No, I remember no, the Athens panel because uh, Senna passed away a couple of days before. Mm. and Senna, yeah. Mm. Right. Senna passed away in Imola, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But look, I can go on for hours about the, those three years. You know, we were spoiled. I don't know if we've reached the heights again, Anth. To be honest, it, it's going to be hard for us to reach those heights. You know, we're on the right track. But um, there was a there was unbeatable, amazing era. That was unbeatable. Was great, yeah. great to watch mm. too. Great, to yeah, watch. great to watch. And that, was Milan, that was the Milan club, Melbourne, that brought Masato out, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, I'm wearing one of their t-shirts today. I'll give a plug out to the Milan yep. Club boys, and I'm nice on those one. Taylor and the, and that and those boys from there. They're doing some good stuff in Melbourne. It was, um, good on the Milan Club. Was, uh, it's a good friend with uh, one of the president of Milan Club Sydney because he used to play yeah. in Australia. Um, can I say a little story? It's nothing to do with Napoli, but uh, that night after we finished the dinner, I yeah. gave Daniele a, a lift at the hotel. That's how I become friend with Daniele. I give him. Um, uh-huh. I hope we're friends. I don't know. The guys, the guy, the guy's so humble. And I, no, he's I, a gentleman. I yeah, he's I a don't gentleman. talk about yeah. him. I don't post any of the private chat that we have on WhatsApp. I don't post. I hardly talk about the stuff that he told me. I, I said a little story because it's a public story that he tells to everyone. But he told me so many. But that night, I took him to the to the Crown Casino, and I was excited. Daniela Massaro in my car. I'm driving from <laughs> Essendon to Crown Casino. You know, and I see Daniele looking at the automatic gear, and this is cool. He's checking my car. I got a family car. You know, this guy suits me all this. We're talking about, and he saw the. Not the bad t- for an immigrant. Not bad for an immigrant. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I remember before sitting in the car, he saw my thing. I had something behind the car, like Forza Napoli. Yeah? And he said, Can I take a photo? He took a photo and he sent it to his friends in Italy. He goes, Look, guys, you everywhere. I got another Tifoso Napoletano here taking me. Anyway, when I get to the Crown Casino, I say, Daniele, it was an honor to meet you. Thank you for letting me to give you a lift. But he goes, Oi, where are you going? Tomorrow night is Saturday. I'm free. We're going out for, out for dinner. Me, my partner, you and your partner. I said, I don't know, because I work for Johnny Di Francesco. I run a restaurant for undergrad. Tomorrow is Saturday night. It's a fish <laughs> night. He goes, call your boss now. I promise you. Johnny, so Armando, listen, Daniele wants to talk to you. Johnny's a great guy. You always get yet. Huh? huh? Hey, Johnny, it's me, Daniele. Listen, tomorrow Armando needs to come out with me. Replies him, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, we need to go out. All right, I'll put it back through. So I put back Johnny. Johnny goes, Arma, we got a table for six booked tomorrow night. Me, you, your partner, my wife, my son, partner. <laughs> <laughs> In a private room. Don't worry about working. We all go out tomorrow night. Beautiful. Okay. Hey, night, don't forget. Yeah, go on. One night changed my life. Why? Because I'm here sitting, my son in front of me, Johnny next to me, the women over there, and uh, they were talking about Christina Panucci, the women, they were looking for of uh, VIP, you know. And I'm here, and for me, it's like, you know, like meeting Santa Claus for a kids, because I saw yeah. Daniele play against Napoli a hundred times, and he's there telling me all this story of the change room, and the story when he met Maradona, the story when he went to and met Maradona, he tell me all this thing, and I got my, sh- my heart in the sugar, and I go, listen, Danny, I want to ask you a question. When you go back to Milan, I remember a game where Maradona and Van Basten played together and Saki was the coach. It was a friendly... I couldn't remember what kind of game it was. I said, but I, I'm sure I remember this memory as a kid, a charity game. You know, one of those games they used to do in the 80s, Ricardo. And he goes, what's the problem? Start WhatsApping Van Basten. Hey, I got a friend here. Oh, no. so, I'm here. so I'm here talking to Daniele. Daniele WhatsApping my son, Van Basten. Van Basten reply. Me and Johnny like this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we never want to leave. We left the restaurant. Rika, you know the hours in Australia. Crown Casino at 12 o'clock. We were at 1 o'clock. Three of us still talking there about football. And, and, and that day... Daniele turned up the sparkle of me that I switched off six years ago, the love for the sport. That night, I decided to go back and coach straight away. I didn't was involved in football for seven years. Really? And then from that moment, I started losing weight, training. Then I felt in love with the personal trainer. And that's why I left the restaurant's business, because it will not match with my football life. So if everything started that night, I will never forget. Thank Milan for changing your life. Nice story, nice story. Well, that is a nice story. No, that's man. great. That's great. Thanks and for you, sharing. If you don't forget about Masato, just I'll end on this. The guy played in the World Cup final in '94. Yeah, he played for Italy in the World, the World Cup you final. You don't so mention that, Bello. Sorry, I know. I know they lost. You think you don't mention? 
He still he doesn't like, like that, that thing. To he, was, he's a, he was he was that's a, he true was a, ball. He's an underrated player. So true ball when Tefero came out. And he didn't score. I know, that. I know. He still gives me nightmares. Guys, I'm going to send an episode to Daniela. Can you cut this last two seconds of these two comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can keep it at 44 minutes. Ciao, I, won't I, I won't forget. I won't forget. Thanks, Anthony, for sharing. Thanks, Anthony, for sharing, man. It was really nice. And thanks for jumping in. I'm more. We're going to go to you now. And basically, you're just going to commentate on the nice little photo album that you sent me before. It's, it's very, very nice, man. So I'm sure you've got plenty of memories to talk about. My friend, Um, you have the floor. Off you go. No, first of all, first of all, guys, when Anthony said Do you want to talk about some experience, I, I struggle to pick our experience. So why I want to answer the question that Adams asked around, why I'm a Napoli fan or when I become a Napoli fan, I don't remember, guys. It's I was born as a Napoli fan. Ricardo will tell you when you're born in Napoli, you either go for Juventus or Milan or Inter by minority, <laughs> because because something happened in your life as a young kid. So you want to take a revenge, or you born with the stamp Napoli, made in Napoli, next made in. Napoli. So what you see? Via now, Tevere, via Tevere, huh? Via Tevere, you live yeah, via, via Tevere. Tevere. Ma, so this is my mom is shopping Siracusa in Via Tevere. <laughs> see, man, me and you are born. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> so, People complain now about Tesla del Tifoso. All right. In the 1991, to get the membership, you have to register as a Tifoso as well. This is my this is my second Blue Lions membership. It's uh, with the tricolore because the year after Napoli won Scudetto. And um, Blue Lions was a group. See, that's me. Social number 403. <laughs> this is a 1991, straight after the Scudetto. This is uh, from Curva B. Nice. The Curva B was split in three groups. Commando Tra, Blue Lions and Fedain. And I was part of the Blue Lions. That's 81, 91. That's 10 years anniversary membership card. And this is the kind of letter we used to receive as a Tifosi. That's the before social media was invented. There was no WhatsApp or, or what's the other one that doesn't get caught by police? The Telegraph. Before Telegram. you used to get this stuff. So this is the kind of message to get from the Capital you trust. This is from the Fed. And I think I sent you another one that I got from the Lions. From uh, I don't know if I sent you another one. This one, let me see this one. Like this one was actually sent from the jail because the Kabul Trout, the Lions, Tony Mora was arrested that, that week. So there was like a message to tell us to not give up and keep fighting, you know. Chi non viene Veronese. That's to go to the Trasferta Verona. In other words, if you don't go to Verona, you're one of them. This is me marching uh, from a uh, train station in Genova to Marassi. Uh, Few hours before we were, I well, mean, you quickly with this photo. Let me finish. Sorry, you. brother. Sorry. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it was blurry that one. It was blurry that one. I couldn't even clear. <laughs> Let me breathe. I'm, I'm old, man. I'm 46. I need to. <laughs> so it's fun. The, the funny thing of this photo, you can see the carabinieri next to me. The poor, this poor oh, guy did the whole trip from Napoli to Genoa and then the whole trip from Genoa to Napoli. And he was from somewhere in north of Italy, poor guy. He was there in service. And I remember feeding him Malboro di Contrabando uh, because we never smoked cigarette from the shop in Napoli. Always smoke on the street. Alma, Alma, the, the Fedayin, the big smokers. Yeah, no, that's... That, that, yeah, bro, bro, bro. Other <laughs> stuff too, okay. Anyway, I remember this poor guy on the train on the way back when we made it to Napoli. He was talking like this to me. Mamma mia, don't give me any more cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and few, one hour before this, see, uh, we we travel with the train. Remember, Ricardo, remember, you guys probably don't know. In Italy, there used to be the carovane for the fan. So Tifosi and Napoli used to put all of them in the one train or two train and live together. But the condition was really bad. You're standing up for hours. There was no That's room. That's why you, know. you get the Sassaiola in Firenze, yeah? No, so what I did, Rika, we left one hour before with a with a local train. So we did Napoli, Roma, Roma, Florence, Florence, Bologna, Bologna, I can't remember, and then Genova. As we land in Genova, there was a couple of officers there, including this carabiniere. They stopped us and uh and uh they, they had to wait for the rest of your truck coming, then we block all together and you can walk to the stadium. In the meantime, there was the Sampdoria fan arriving to the station. They had a away game in Cremona, so they only have to leave a few hours before. And they start getting a lot of them, and they start throwing us stuff. We start, you know, a bit of a, oh, you throw this, you know, but nothing very physical. And then one day, there was this guy sitting on the stairs, dressed up like black or black, long hair, 
got hit on the face by a bottle of plastic water. Man, that guy got up, took off his jacket. He looked like the Undertaker. It was a giant. He pushed <laughs> the Carabinieri away, took the first Sampdoria fan with his hand, put it in the face, bam, and punched him in the face. That's it. We lost control of the situation. There was a fight running everywhere. As you could tell, I was a little white boy over there, you know. They don't even head on my face. So I ran behind uh, a, um, a kiosk and I start throwing empty bottle of Coca-Cola and Fanta. Huh? <laughs> I'm throwing there, I'm throwing. And I hit somebody, hits him on my shoulder. And I go, shut up, you know, stop it. Next thing I know, I got hit on the head. I turn around, there was the policia with the Manganelli. So I got really bad. It took us a few hours and then it took us to the stadium. But it was a very funny spirit. You can go to the next slide. Thank you, Anthony. I did a lot of stupid things. Thank God that did never hurt anyone. You know, welcome rabbit. That's my first banner. I made the one actually hanging outside my building where I live, where I used to live. I remember the people getting upset because some of the pine went through the banner and made a, a stain on the wall where we hang up the things. If you zoom in, the blue bear, I still have that flag. That flag is here with me in Australia. That's my flag, the Czech flag. And mm -hmm. back then, it was my first group we created. It was called the Blue Angels. But we're not allowed to put the banner, the, the name of the group, because there was a big fight in the stands those year where the Commando Trau was trying to keep control of the whole curva. So everything has to be uh, by Commando Trau. We didn't like that thing. So we said, no, we're not going to put anything. We just know we're going to sit here. That was my... This What's is my rabbit? game. What does rabbit mean? Uh, um, um, Conigli, you know, because it was like, this was this was Napoli Foggia. We used to go for Gianni Conigli because they never came to São Paulo because they were scared of the fight. Back then, it was all about um, fighting between groups. Yeah, it was all about fighting. Not fighting in general between groups. You know, you meet the yeah, best yeah, yeah. and you fight. This is my crew, man. My third such sheet. It was this was my class at school. Now you look at this. You think about how you gonna grow up in a class like this and become a doctor or engineer. Look at that. <laughs> we also, that's me. As you, And that's how we create the group. This is the boys that we create the group together. We used to live together, do everything together. The guy on the left smiling with the sunglasses on his head. This one here. No, no, the other one on his head. The yeah. one, the one with, uh, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. Was, already, was already 30 years old and was still coming at school with us. <laughs> he went to the army and then he came back to school. He actually was the only one with the license in the car. See all of us? Always <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Gino Costone, man. I look for him everywhere on social media. I never find him. Alma, tell us a story about when you when you saw Maradona, you chasing down the street. That uh, was uh, Giù Riva Fiorita. So pretty much, uh, I used to go in holiday, Riccardo, Giù Posillipo. There is a place. I'm, I'm talking to Riccardo because I, I mentioned place that you guys might, might not know. I used, I, used to play, I used to play the Scandone. Bravo. Oh, okay, listen. Exactly, Giù Riva Fiorito. There was a place, Giù Posillipo, dove ci stava, there was a restaurant called Giuseppone Amare. The Posillipo team used to train down there. You had a swimming pool. It was a private place where you could not go. And they used to rent a cabine, you know, you could park the car in the grotta. And only people, local people from there, a bit of poshy people from Napoli, you can go there. But I knew that Maradona, wife, and the kids used to go there for holiday. So I made a show that my dad, that's me on the stands when I went back. See, always got he my lived place. In Bomero, yeah? He lived in Bomero, Maradona. Got I know, Maradona used to live in Bomero. I used to take my girlfriend outside Maradona's house with the Vespa. After the date, used to go there and look, say, look. This is Maradona Bacconi. One day he's going to have a look over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so what happened is one day Maradona arrived. A few times happening. But the, the funny thing is one day Maradona arrived with his boat. It's called used to be called the, the Dalmanerea, which is the name of the mom and the daughter. And he, it was like a speedboat. And the boat was far from the Scogliera, from the beach, you know, from where we used to be. But as soon, that's me, uh, last time I was there. I don't remember what the banner was, but that's me. And the guy behind him is my wedding kumbare, best mate as well. So, as you can tell, I got my spot always reserved there. Anyway, yeah. so we all start jumping and start swimming towards the Maradona boat to get there. And I remember all these kids trying to hang on the Maradona boat and try to get up. And Maradona goes, guys, go down. He's dangerous. You can't come up here. It was funny. One day, we got him in the Fiat 500. He was coming with the Fiat 500, so no one could recognize him. But all of us, you know, we're there just waiting for him 24-7.
It was like uh, having a secret army of kids waiting for him. So it was funny too. This is my son. The first day I took him to the stadium, as you can see, uh, Libertà per Ultra, the sign at the back. I thought it was cool to take a picture of young kids from Australia. Very nice, man. Very, very that's, nice. Uh, that's actually the toilet in the stadium there. Yeah. This is me trying to figure out what's going on with the banner. <laughs> oh, I like, man, I like to get involved, even at my age. Of course. And that's you behind it as well, yes? Yes, yes. That's me. Yeah, that's with, me. The compare, that's with the compare. With and the, the guy smoking a cigarette. I don't know who the, this guy is. He's in my photo, guys. I don't know who he is. <laughs> you sure? You sure? Cigarette? <laughs> no, that one, I think it's a cigarette. There is another. Actually, I have a story. I sent you a photo with my daughter, very little. Did you put that photo in the slide? That's that's in the yeah, that's in the next set that I'm getting up now. Uh, when you're gonna put the photo? I've got a story about smoking on the stage. I, I, think, I think I've got the right one. I think I've got the right one. Anyway, go next. This, go this next. is like this is your life. You remember that show? This is your life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to know because we could talk about this all night, right? Like that era there of the '80s in Serie for me was, you know, like you when you're young and impressionable, growing up during that era, you remember certain moments of those years. And they stick with you forever, right? And, and I've had yeah, this conversation with Anthony many times. That that like the Maradona free kick against Juve that that sticks in my memory. The um, it sticks in my uh, one too, man. <laughs> the 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 the, 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 the in the curva, la bandiera, the one in the cover the whole curva. Be when you won the yes, scudetto, yes. another one. Um, Have you ever been under one of those flags, man? It's a weird experience. It's cool as it is. You don't see yeah. nothing. So, so those things, those, those things stick with you. Where where were you? For those moments, because we're watching from afar and we can only watch the footage back, you know, all these years I always later. Curva B. I, I only leave, left the Curva B to go to Curva A when the Blue Lions and the Commando tried a fight and they moved to Curva A. I watched three games in Curva A. I did not like it at all because Curva B was a very united Curva singing together. Curva A back then was already start being a multifractional Curva, different groups, and I didn't enjoy it. It was very more towards violent. I've always been an ultra, but always believe in the code of respect and code of honor. You attack me, I protect myself. We meet, we fight, no knife, but I don't attack to people that, no, now I don't attack to no one. I, I condemn violence. But back then, talking about 16, 17, 18 years old, I had this full of... Uh, Adam, Adam, when I, when, I went to, when I went to the stand to see Napoli, you and Maradona free kick, I, I forgot to say, when Maradona scored, I went about six row down with people hugging me i don't know grandmother woman man they were hugging kiss me was like uh, for napoli beating you after you was on the 88 row win was like winning the scudetto uh, it's a juventino was experience so i'll never forget you know what i mean i went yeah. I, I would say i went to see platini and i got in love with maradona as you yeah. i'm, a, as I'm you a, i've got a couple I've got a couple other things to show for you before we move on and wrap up with everybody. Yeah, I feel like this has become almost sure. I'm really sorry, guys. But I didn't it's know all good. It's all good, man. We can stay <laughs> right, for as Adam said. This, this, Ricardo, go have a coffee. You don't need to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> see this? Uh, I, I created the Napoli Ultra Melbourne. The reason why I call Ultra is to prove, to prove that Ultra... Doesn't mean violence. Means dedicating your some part of your life to your football club. But also, I believe that ultra should be united right now. Uh, I have a dream to see all the ultra movement together fighting against modern football. Uh, it will be a dream come true. So that picture was taken here in Melbourne at the restaurant the night of Juventus Napoli when Koulibaly scored the goal. I have a video. They will show on every platform around the world of the celebration. I got phone call for weeks, then that the week after the game from Tutto Napoli, Calcio Napoli 24, uh, all the my Napoli magazine making interview of me about the Napoli club. And as of today, I just got a new message uh, this morning. I'm gonna my club logo is gonna be featured on the. Uh, calendar 2022 after Christmas of the Napoli club around the world united by SSC Napoli. So it's a big for me, it's That's a big right. achievement Bravo. in a city. Bravo, and Ricardo Bravo. knows, Bravo. Ricardo Bravo. knows how hard it is to get people involved at three, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, Armando, oh. I did, I did, the, I did the Melbourne uh, Doc Club. Doc, you went so I remember. That's why you know how hard there is. I was, I was hard, and then you know, I mean, for you know, people are different, and it doesn't matter. But you know, I, I, I used to get everyone in the morning, 4:45. I used to drive from Mornington, man, to go to Carlton. 
So I have to leave at two o'clock in the morning. And you know, the you know, a lot of lot of people probably were watching this program. Well, that was a great was the run of the of the Berlin final, the Champions League. You know what I mean? And then we had a big um, big night at Dock. It was like 150 people. We had, we had a couple of shows. I think I sent it to Anthony, a couple of the YouTube video. Uh, it's it's hard, man. But it's a, it's it's hard, a dedication. Man. It's yeah. a dedication it's... also. You know what I mean? Then you know, and especially in Melbourne uh, because a lots of people say, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But then no one's uh, put the effort. I've done in Sydney. I've done in Sydney too. I, I when I did the restaurant in Sydney, I had the same things. I had a lot of Milanisti, Romanisti. <laughs> Napoletani watch the game together. We all, for me, it was uh, more aggregating together to to different support. I, you know, we watch uh, uh, in Melbourne not so much. It was more Juve. But then when I went to Sydney, uh, boys from uh, Sydney probably knows uh, the ultra football. I had a restaurant there called Zona yeah. Zuri, and yeah. um, you know we watch with Milan supporter, we watch with Roma supporter, we watch with everyone was welcome to to come and watch the game together. For me, it's more all the people in the same room sharing. That's, you know, I mean, not not that's but something, that's something you understand when you live far from Italy. Ricardo. Yeah, when yes, you there, yes. When you yes. get there, you limited yourself for in your little uh, city or in your little suburb, and you think that everybody yeah. hates me. Uh, anyway, the last two photos, the photo you showed before, it's me and Di Maro. There was a great experience against. Thanks to Daniele Massaro, he contacted Ancelotti. And he contacted the technical manager of team manager of Napoli and made me go to the to the Dimaro. And I had a special pass. This is outside. Mimmo Morricone is a good friend of us that passed away suicide. So we create a we create a little thing so understands for him. But after this picture, I was inside the I was inside the the, the ground with the plies and everything because Daniele Massaro gave my number. To the Napoli team manager. So I got this message on the phone in the morning. I got up in the hotel. Hey, Armando, it's the Domenici. Your name, uh, your, for, there's a pass for you and your friends under your name at the VIP gate from the Napoli team manager. So for me, it was like, uh, so Daniele has been a big, big influence in my life. This is my one of my tattoos. I got 17 tattoos and two are Maradona. <laughs> this one is uh, on the right leg. Very nice, man. I was going to ask if it was yours, but I already knew the answer to that. <laughs> and this is a cake, the end of God. Ricard, that's my cake, the end of God. The best. Yeah, that's good, man. Great, great, great experience, man. Great. great. Uh, hey, Achille, the Romano did this. The Lupacchiotto. Bellini, can only buy. There you go, yeah. What's this one, Armo? Finish off with this. What's this? I got the video. I'm going to send it to you guys after private. I, as soon as I got to Di Mano, man, I, I, I jumped into the experience. I said, I come from Melbourne. I got two weeks in the Maro. I'm gonna suck everything in. So I start getting interview from journalists. I start taking photo with uh, with soccer players. They saw me with the pass. I was the only one wearing ultra Napoli tattoo next to the VIP people with cravat and everything. You know, it was weird for them. That's an interview. That's an interview on the on uh, on the TV. I got the whole video. I'm gonna send it to you. But it was it was a bad one of my best experience. You know why it was a great experience? I did with my best friend, the guy that you see in the photo on the stand with me. I went to pick him up and we drove. We took the train to Padova. Padova, we rent a car. We drove to Piemonte, to Trentino, to Adige. We stayed there for 10 days and then we drove back to the other side of Trentino. So I had like a, a private holiday with my messmate in Napoli. You know, it was one of the best experiences ever for me. Yeah, I got the same thing. I got the same thing with the club. I've been on the um, Rai International, on the, you know, uh, no, yeah. just as they go. Like just a goal, yeah. They call I think, Sala, Sala. I think it's not around anymore, but I, yes, I well, remember that. No, no, with uh, with Amigo, with Variale, I got Sara Tardelli contact me. That, that was when you were in Melbourne, exactly. Yeah, I, I was in Melbourne, that. and the funny the funny thing was, um, was the Juve, Juve solo game after Roger Federer won the won the Australian Open. And we did at my place, you know, I put all the all the, you was know, a, the gadgets. Was Lustica there too? Because I think I remember watching you. Guys. No, no, it was me, Antonio Freno. Was ah, Freno, the, Freno, so sorry. Uh, it was Maurizio Brusco and uh, Michele Zani, a friend of mine. And the thing, uh, the funny thing was because the, the just the goal is live everywhere. So when I, when I went live, I, my phone started to beep. <laughs> and people in New York, in San Francisco, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Tuna, we'll save it for another time, Adam. We were on a... No, we, need, uh, we, need, we need part two. Yeah, let's do that. My phone, my phone Adam, got a message from yeah. everywhere, man. 
people didn't hear for for years. What are you doing in the television? <laughs> it was a great experience. This, great. Anthony, let me tell something about the, your teams, guys. I want to say something. The last players they give me fears. When I say fears, there's players in life that I watch playing, and I don't see many of them anymore. That when they get the ball, you think, ah, it's gonna hurt me now. Was Zidane? The last game I watched was Napoli. You were live before emigrating. I watched other game after, but the last consecutive game, 20, 30 years of games, was Napoli. You went, and I remember every time Zidane was getting the ball, getting that chilled out to my spine because every time Zidane was dancing on the ball, man, you knew they was going to do something bad. With Roma, and I, this is a very story. I got back uh, in Italy and I got invited to watch Roma Park. I think it was Roma Parma. When I got back to Melbourne, everybody asked me about Totti because Totti was at the peak. And I said, guys, you know, Totti's Totti. Everybody knows Totti. You know, it's great. I said, but I saw this guy coming off the bench, a young kid from Roma. He looks like uh, it's old. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Mature. He was controlled the ball, the chest, blah, blah, blah. I actually, I was there on the debut of the Rossi. So, and I was talking about the Rossi. You ask Carlo Achille. I go back to Australia and I say, guys, you got this kid. It looks like a gun, the Rossi. And I'm glad that I was there witnessing the debut because it became a legend of football. I see Milan, I don't need to mention, you know, besides being friends with Daniele Massaro, I love Saki and I love that team. You cannot eat that team. Uh, I spoke about Roma, I spoke about Juventus, I spoke about Inter. I don't have many good memories of Inter, like a personal, but there is a goal that always stays in my head. Every time I think about Inter, I think about this goal. Ricardo probably might remember. The others is probably too young. Uh, semi volley, scissor kick from the white side. I think it was one of the German strikers, Klisman or Bremer. Klisman played. Um, Man, that goal always. Yeah. Could have been Mateus. Could have been Lauta, Lauta Mateus, but I think it might have been. Oh, was it was one of the blonde German. Was Klisman. Klingsman. Not Ruben Sosa. It was Sosa. Free kick from Robin the Sosa. side of the goal. He was outside. I and it, I mean, that goal, and I always get that goal in my memory. Sorry, I like to... I remember Sosa nice and... Nice um, to each one of you. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. This was really good. And I think what Adam said, Um, we need part two. We're definitely going to do this again. And I guess we can all agree this is probably a silver lining to the bullshit amount of international breaks we're going to have to go through throughout the season, man. So if we could take a week off talking about the current context of Serie A to do this... Um, it'll be fantastic. I'm not even going to go around the whole table individually today. Today, it's been a brilliant chat from all of us boys here, and I can't wait to do it again. So, to my amazing panel, Armando, Adam, Anthony, and Ricardo, thank you so much, and to everybody that has tuned into this episode on Football Worldwide. We will see you extremely soon. Ciao, ragazzi. Peace. Ciao, yeah. ciao. Of course, of course. Adam, go. Well, while we're talking about all the clubs, AS Roma Club Melbourne on Facebook. Give it a like, guys. Beautiful. <laughs> off you go. Even if you're not a Roma fan, off you go, guys. Ciao, ragazzi. <laughs>